Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. It's great that you're able to join us this morning. My name's Tiff. I'm part of the leadership team here. Uh, and it's my responsibility through this coronavirus time while we're in lockdown, where we can't meet together uh, as a church uh, in our church building. Uh, it's my responsibility to lead these services that we have. We still meet together. We're still able to sing, uh, worship, pray, praise, talk, listen, discover, understand more of what it means to have Jesus as part of our life, what it means to live our lives for him. We're still able to do all those things, even though we're scattered in different places uh, around Wellsprings, around Taunton, uh, around the rest of the country, even around the world. I know that we have people watching in so many different places. Uh, and although we're scattered, we're still here together. We're able to have this service time together. And it's really great and really exciting. Uh, our prayer always is that when we meet together, God will be speaking to us. He'll be moving us on in our journey of faith with him. Uh, and we'll be able to live the whole of our lives out of that relationship, making such a difference as we bring the kingdom of God to people's lives. Uh, and this morning is no different. That's still what we're expecting. That's still the hope that we're coming with, that God will speak to us this morning by his spirit that he'd reveal more of himself to us. He'd move us on in our journey of faith with him. He'd allow us to live our lives in front of our friends and neighbours and work colleagues and schoolmates and everyone around. Live it in such a way that his kingdom is revealed and that others want to become a part of that kingdom too. Various people are going to be doing things through the service this morning. Uh, Linda Marshall is going to be leading us in a prayer time. Uh, Stan Hawkins has done uh, our Bible readings for us. We've got two separate short Bible readings today. Uh, the music group, uh, we've got another one of their uh, worship songs. Uh, it's been great to be able to have them all together on the screen and it's been edited together in such a brilliant way. Uh, so uh, thank you to all those who were involved with that, Marilyn and uh, her son out in Japan and the other people, the music group who are actually involved uh, in, in doing the singing and things and putting that together. That's really great. Uh, Megan Lambert's going to be leading us in a couple of other songs as well. Uh, again, this is one that's, both of them I think, are, are songs that have been put together uh, thanks to Sam Burton and his Awaken team. Uh, they've used these songs as part of their prayer and worship times. If you don't know more about them uh, and more about what Sam's up to with Awaken uh, and the prayer times that they have through the week and things like that, uh, then drop us a message or look on our Facebook group uh, and the various bits of information are there from Sam about how you can be a part of that and join in with that. Uh, and they have some worship times where again they're able to bring together musicians and singers who are in different places uh, and bring their recordings together uh, and that's what we'll be using later on as Megan uh, leads us in singing. Uh, we'll be sharing communion too towards the end of the service so if you uh, want to join in with that then have some bread and some juice ready so that together as one body once again we can share in that communion, we can share in the one bread uh, as we remember what Jesus has done for us. If you want to be involved uh, next week, uh, well actually no, not next week, because next week is different. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a second. If you want to be involved in the future, uh, in the services uh, that we're having during this lockdown time, uh, then please do get in touch with me. Please do say, well yeah, I can do a Bible reading. I can lead some prayers, I could lead communion, uh, I could lead some sung worship that everyone would be able to join in with. Uh, maybe even I could do a talk. Whatever it is, um, that you feel God is speaking to you about, or whatever you think, well, actually, I could be involved with that, uh, then get in touch with me uh, and we could find a way of you being involved. Maybe you just want to share a short one minute or so testimony of how God has been involved in your life or the difference that he's made, especially during this lockdown time. Uh, then you'll have a chance to share that if you want to. I can explain to you how to record things, how to get them to me so that uh, Harry can edit them all together. Uh, he does a brilliant job every week, hours and hours of work, uh, bringing together all the videos and the different clips that we use uh, and the sound and everything for them, putting the subtitles on for songs and things like that. Uh, and then uh, putting it all together in that one finished form. He does a brilliant job. I couldn't do it uh, without Harry doing it. I, I would really struggle with all of this. So thank you to him. Uh, and, and it's great that he's able to do that. Uh, yeah, so if you were able to record something, I'd explain how to do that, how to get it to me. Uh, and then Harry would be able to edit it together as part of the service. Next week, though, is different. Uh, next week, uh, I mentioned it last time, I think. Uh, next week is a joint service, uh, something we do every year at least once a year 
uh, anyway in Taunton. All the churches come together. Uh, normally we go to the leisure centre and we, we take over the leisure centre uh, and we meet together for that morning. Uh, next Sunday is going to be in a sense an equivalent of that but rather than coming together uh, in one physical place we're going to do a bit like we're doing now. Wherever we are in Taunton, wherever we are in the UK, wherever we are in the world, we're going to be able to come together. So each church will all watch uh, the same uh, morning service uh, together. Uh, and that's a really exciting thing to do. Uh, all the churches are involved in some way in leading things or in doing things. Uh, you'll see me pop up uh, an odd time. Uh, Jeremy's going to be doing something for the children across all the churches. Uh, Simon Taylor, who's the pastor at Okra Church, uh, is going to be doing just a short talk uh, aimed at some of the uh, people who we get watching these who are not usually part of church as well as for those of us who are already part of church. So it's great that that wider church family across the whole of Taunton, there's probably going to be thousands of people coming together to watch this same video, to watch this same feed uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, and it's really great that we can be part of that and we can join in with that as well uh, and be joining together with the church, with God's church here in Taunton. Uh, after it there will also be uh, some prayer times so uh, all you would need to do uh, is come onto uh, either the YouTube or the Facebook group where you normally would watch this from uh, and on there we'll get the link through so it just comes through live so for you it makes no difference uh, in how you watch what happens it might make it slightly more complicated for us getting it to you but it, it means that in just the same way as normal you'll be able to sit uh, and it will come up and you'll be able to join uh, in the worship and the prayers uh, and the bible readings and this talk and, and all the things um, you'll be able to join with all the other people the, all the other christians uh, across taunton and that's a really exciting thing to do as i said um, but after that, uh, there's also going to be a Zoom time where people are able to pray. I'm going to be leading one of the little sessions of that as well. So uh, next week, as well as that feed coming through, there'll also be a link that you can press that gets you into the Zoom time after the service so that you're able to join in with some of the prayers uh, and seeing uh, other people from other churches across Taunton and joining together again in prayer uh, and in uh, just a chance to be together and to uphold each other uh, and it should be a really exciting time the service should as usual be about 45 minutes the zoom time afterwards is going to be no more than half an hour uh, and so it should be uh, just like you would do normally uh, on a sunday morning you'll be able to have the service uh, if you want to you can have this zoom time afterwards as well uh, and you'll be able to join in with all that's going on but instead of it just being wellsprings community church it's god's church across the whole of taunton joining together so that should be really good so I'll put more about that on the, uh, the group where you are. Look out next Sunday uh, because it should appear and you should just be able to watch it in the same way. But there'll be people probably you don't recognise, people who are leaders of other churches and things who are involved as well. But you will see me popping up from time to time uh, as part of that too. So uh, that's enough of a, an explanation and an introduction for today and for next week as well. So next week, uh, just watch as normal, uh, but you'll see different people uh, and we're going to be joining together in that wider family uh, of church in Taunton. Let me pray now uh, and then we can get into our service for today. Lord Jesus, thank you that wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever situation we find ourselves in, uh, that you can meet with us now. Holy Spirit, come and fill each one of us. Enable us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Enable us to discover more of you and of your love for us and more of the relationship and depth of relationship you want to have with us. More of how our lives can be changed and transformed by you to become the lives that they're meant to be. Holy Spirit, be at work in us now. Thank you for everyone who's been involved this morning in front of the screen and behind the screen, uh, who's been able to bring this service to each of us. And Lord, I ask, that you would just come and meet with us now. Holy Spirit, move us on with you. Fill us in a way we've never known or experienced before. Let us know the wholeness and the completeness of life in you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
God, I pray for those who are sick. I pray that you will have your healing hand upon them, that you use the doctors, the nurses, the carers to bring about your peace. Father God, I thank you for all the gifts that you give us, for all the good things that you give us. Your mercies are new every day. Lord, I pray for the leaders of our world, especially here in Britain, as they move steps to bring back some kind of normality after this virus. Father, we pray that you'll guide them in their decision making and that, Lord, everybody will comply with what they are asking us to do. Thank you, Lord, that we are coming out of this. And Lord, I pray for those who are feeling really anxious at this time. Father, I pray that you will give them your peace. I ask, Lord, that you will bring people around them that will encourage them and make them laugh, make them smile, Walk alongside them, step by step. Father God, I thank you for the way that you are so good to us. And Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for what you did for us on the cross. That you chose to come onto this earth as one of us. To teach us, Lord, the people that you reached out to the lost, the lonely, the sick, the outcast. But Lord, you came for everybody. 
Father, I thank you that at the end of all that, at the end of your life on this earth, you chose to die. You chose to die such a cruel death. Lord Jesus, you did no wrong, but still you chose to die. All those people that were hurling things at you, the sword that pierced the hands and feet, the bloodshed that you shed for us, Lord. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. And Lord, those piercing thorns on the top of your head, you must be so painful. And yet you chose to do that for us. Thank you, Jesus, that that's how much you love us. That's how much you care about us. You want you did that all to set us free from everything the enemy had hold on us. And Lord, it's through our forgiveness, just as you forgave those who hurt you, who beat you, your very last words were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Lord, let that us be the cry of our hearts when other people hurt us, whether knowingly or unknowingly, let us say, I forgive you, because Jesus, you died on the cross to forgive me, so I choose to forgive them. And Lord, as we go into this next week, Father God, I ask that you will lead us and walk beside us every day. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus calms the storm. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to 41. That day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. In that first half of the Bible reading that we've just heard, uh, there's a storm. It's been like that here um, for the last uh, half an hour or so. That's why the light's on and it all seems a bit dark and dismal, uh, pouring down with rain. Uh, but in the story, uh, there's a storm. The disciples are out on the boat in the middle of the lake. Jesus is asleep. They're scared. They're afraid. And so they wake him up and they say, Jesus, don't you care if we're going to drown? Uh, and Jesus stands up and says the most amazing thing. Uh, our English translation, the NIV that we read from, uh, Jesus stands up and he says, Peace, be still. And instantly the storm stops. The lake returns to calmness. The rain stops. The wind stops. Everything goes back to being how it's meant to be. Uh, and that's not surprising, because in the Hebrew of what Jesus says there, he stands up in the boat and he says one word. He says one word that we would usually translate as something like, being something like, peace, be still. It means, as we're going to see, much, much more than that. Uh, but the word that Jesus says, he stands up in the middle of the storm and to the storm he speaks one word. He says, shalom. We know that word. It's a word we're familiar with, probably. We've heard it sometimes before. Uh, it means peace. But actually, in this case, 
it means so much more than that. And, and all the time, shalom means so much more than just peace. It doesn't mean an absence of war. It doesn't mean an absence of conflict. It doesn't mean an absence of problems. What shalom means is a wholeness and a completeness and things being how they were created and how they were meant to be. And so when there's a storm and it's causing problems and there's rain and there's wind and the disciples are afraid and maybe they're going to drown, that's not how it was meant to be. And so Jesus stands up in the middle of that storm and he speaks that word, shalom, that word that brings wholeness and completeness, that even nature itself returns to how it's meant to be when Jesus speaks that word. It's a word that covers things like right relationship with God right relationship with each other and right relationship with the world itself. Shalom, wholeness, completeness, how things are meant to be. Right relationship between us and God, between us and other people and between us and the world itself. In this particular part of the story of the reading we've got today, Jesus speaks to the world. He speaks to nature and he says, live in shalom again. Be how you're meant to be again. Uh, some of you may know I spent a bit of time out in Israel a few years ago, quite a few years ago now. Uh, and one of the things that you do is you pick up odd words uh, and odd phrases that they would use, depending where you were, if you're in a Palestinian area or a Jewish area. Um, and one word that you would always hear all over the place is this word shalom. Because it's a word that they would use uh, in Israel to greet each other. You meet someone and you shake hands with them and you say shalom. Or as you're leaving uh, and you're saying bye to someone, you'd say shalom to them. Why would they do that? It's a word like we've seen that means so much more than we've ever thought it did before. It's a word that means so much more than just an absence of war or conflict or problem. It's a word that means wholeness and completeness and how things were meant to be. And so if you're in Israel and you greet someone or you say bye to someone by saying the word shalom to them, uh, what you're doing is you're, you're praying this incredible blessing over someone's life. You're saying, may you live in right relationship with God. May you live in right relationship with those around you. May you live in right relationship with the world itself. May you have the fullness of life that only those relationships lived in their rightness and in their fullness can bring. When you say shalom to someone, it's this incredible blessing over them. It's, it's a prayer that, you, that we want to pray for ourselves, but it's also a prayer that we want to pray for everyone else too. May you be in right relationship with God. May you be in re right relationship with each other. May you be in right relationship with the world itself. May you live a life of fullness that reflects those relationships. And that's something we can pray as a blessing on each other. We can pray for ourselves and we can go about taking steps to live in, doing all we can to restore those relationships, to live in that fullness. Because that is what Jesus commands when he says to the storm, Shalom. <laughs>
healing of a demon-possessed man. Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to 20. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again, and again, not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was fe feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people who went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. A completely different story with a completely different setting, completely different characters and cast of people to our first story. And yet, can you see, hopefully you can, we have exactly the same thing going on. We have Jesus speaking peace, speaking shalom, wholeness, completeness, how things were meant to be, but not this time into nature and into the world and into the storm, but this time into someone's life, someone who did not have that experience of shalom, someone whose life was anything but that. Can you see how amazed the disciples were in the first story? Who's Jesus? He can even bring shalom to the world. This time, can you see the amazement in the people when they come back and they see that the, the the man who had been so ill, who'd been so unwell, who'd had so many problems, is now sat, and the phrase in the NIV, I've written it down, dressed and in his right mind. And they're amazed. They're shocked. It's incredible. How could something like this have happened? The man has entered into Shalom by meeting Jesus. He's no longer in the thoughts of those people in the first century, cursed by God. That relationship with God must have been restored because the curse of that sickness, of that illness, is no longer there. He's no longer in conflict with the people around him. He's no longer causing them trouble and hardship. He's no longer beating them up uh, and causing them to go away ill themselves. He has entered into shalom with the people around him. And he's no longer smashing things up. He's no longer hurting himself. He's entered into shalom with the earth, with the world itself. Shalom. Life transformed. Are all of his problems gone? 
Have all of the storms of his life stopped? No, of course they haven't. But now Jesus is with him through them. Are all the relationships that have been broken over the years by this man, have they all been restored with other people? No, I'm sure they haven't. I think he would probably have to work on some of those things. He'd have to ask for forgiveness. He'd have to give forgiveness. He'd have to work at proving himself to those people. But the first thing that the man does when he receives this shalom, this wholeness and completeness and how things are meant to be, the very first thing that he has to do is to share it with other people, to share it with those around him, to go and tell his family and his friends and those who before he's been in conflict with, those who before have laughed at him and made fun of him, those who before have done all these things. He has to go and he has to tell them that his life has been transformed. He needs to tell the other people what Jesus has done for him. He feels different instantly. All of the right relationships are not restored instantly, but relationship with God is. And he feels different and he's able then to go and, and bring about those differences in those relationships with others as well. The first thing he has to do is tell people that his life has been transformed by Jesus. Quite a few years ago now, uh, I spoke uh, on uh, a boys camp. It was for boys who were sort of, I think they were sort of seven to 12 year old, something like that. They came mainly to do the sport and the activities that were part of it. Uh, but then every morning and every evening, they got to listen to me speaking. Uh, one evening at the end of the talk that I'd done, explaining something about the Bible, about Jesus, about his love for them, uh, I had this uh, little boy, seven, eight years old, come to see me uh, and he said, Tiff, after what you've said, I really want to become a Christian. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I know what he's done for me through his life and his death and his resurrection. I want to become a follower. I want to have that wholeness of life that you talked about. This is from a seven-year-old. Uh, and I said, that's incredible. That's amazing. I'd really love for you to have that. I'd really love to pray with you about that so that you can pray and you can ask Jesus to become a part of your life and see your life begin to be transformed. But it's now quite late in the evening and I don't want you responding just out of um, emotion or responding because we've sung some good songs and so and that sort of thing so I said to him I want you to go back to your tent where you're sleeping with the other uh, boys in your tent and your tent leader go back to the tent uh, think about it overnight and then tomorrow morning after breakfast when everything's back to normal and we haven't got the tiredness and the emotion and all that sort of stuff come and see me again and if you still want to do it then we'll pray and, and we'll do that. The next morning after breakfast, he came back and found me again. And he said, I've been thinking about it and I really do want to become a Christian. I really do want to have Jesus as part of my life. I really do want to have this new fullness of life. I want to thank him that for his life and his death and his resurrection and what it means so that I can have relationship with God and with each other and with the world itself. He understood this idea of Shalom. And so I said, that's wonderful. Uh, he said, but I've got a problem. And I said, what is it? He said, our tent leader has told us that over the course of the week, if anybody becomes a Christian, then during our time where we meet together as a tent, then we've got to tell everybody. And, well, I can't tell anybody. I'm too scared to tell them. I don't know what they might say. I don't know what they might think. I, I'm too shy. I can't say anything to them. I can't tell them. So I said, okay. As long as you keep this a secret between me and you, I'm going to give you something that no one else has. If you definitely want to be a Christian and you want to pray now with me, then you don't have to tell your tent. You don't have to tell anybody that you've become a Christian. It's just between me and you and God. Forget about them. And he said, OK. So I talked a little bit more to him. He talked a little bit more back. Uh, he prayed. And he prayed this amazing prayer about becoming a Christian, asking Jesus into his life. And then I started to pray. I was going to pray for him. I'm sat with my eyes closed and I started to pray. And as I'm praying for him and, and for what God's going to do in his life in the future, um, I heard this sort of noise. And I looked. And he wasn't there. And I looked round and he was on his way uh, out of the tent where we were 
walking away. And I said, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he said, I've become a Christian. And I said, yeah, I know you have. He said, and I can feel God inside me. And I said, that's great. And then he said, and I need to go and tell my tent all about it. And I said, but, but we agreed you didn't have to tell them. You were too worried about telling them. You don't need to. He says, yeah, but now I've done it. I just got to tell them. And so he went off and he told his tent. There was great joy and celebration. And, and they had a wonderful time as he told them and they celebrated and they all prayed with him and things. It was great. Um, but just the change in him that when he met Jesus, when he received Jesus into his life, when he understood fully by experiencing it, that shalom, he couldn't help but go and tell people. I was reminded of this story not long ago because uh, I go and do some lecturing um, and I was doing some lecturing and at the end of one of the sessions uh, this man came up at the end and he said you're Tiff aren't you? And I said yes that's right. He said you won't remember me but a long time ago you were speaking at a boys camp and there was this boy that came up to talk to you who was afraid to tell everyone that he'd become a Christian. And then uh, you prayed with him and and, 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 and and he became a Christian and he had to rush out and tell everyone. And I said, yeah, I tell that story sometimes to everyone to, to explain about this sort of thing. Uh, and he said, that was me. I didn't recognise him 20 whatever years later. Now this man training to be a Church of England vicar, doing a theology degree so that he was fully prepared and equipped to do that. And yet there he was all that time later, still wanting to tell people about the difference that Jesus had made in his life. My prayer for you this morning is may you experience shalom. May you be living in right relationship with God. May you be living in right relationship with those around you. May you be living in right relationship with the world itself. Having that experience of fullness, fullness of life, of wholeness, of completeness that only he can bring. Will life's problems be solved? No. Will everything bad have gone away? No. But he'll be walking with you through it in that right relationship. You will then be able to share that with those people around you, that difference that he's made, that they too may know that shalom and you can enter into right relationship with them. And it may even change the way you think about the world and some of the things that you do and your treatment uh, of the world itself. May you know this morning, shalom.
we're going to share communion together now to uh, finish our service for today. Uh, it's a great chance for us to uh, think about the things that God's been saying to us through the service, to bring together maybe some of those strands, some of those themes that you've been able to pick up as we've gone through. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, we talk about Jesus's body. Uh, I've got some matzah here, some uh, unleavened bread uh, that Jesus would have used, probably something like this at the Last Supper. Um, I was lecturing during the week and I had some, I was using it as an example of something and so, uh, so I've got it here. Um, it's amazing when Jesus spoke at that last supper to his disciples, he said about the bread that it was his body and then he said that it was broken. I'm going to break it now, it was broken, it was separated. And we've been thinking about how Jesus' broken body is something that brings wholeness and completeness to us, that brings shalom. He takes away the brokenness. He takes away the ways that our relationship with God and with each other and the world itself, the ways that they're broken. He takes away brokenness by being broken so that he can bring reconciliation and restoration and we're called in the new testament to be people who have a ministry of reconciliation a ministry of bringing people uh, back together again bringing people back into relationship with god bringing people back into relationship with each other and bringing people back into relationship with the world itself how through our actions and our words and our prompting reconciliation and wholeness and completeness can happen as we explain to people as we show people by our lives what it means to live in those right relationships that they can then enter into it themselves they can receive all that God has for them and the forgiveness that he has for them and the love that he has for them and they can be reconciled and reunited with him and they can have that with each other and they can have that with the world itself as we reveal that and show that to them but all of that reconciliation and togetherness comes through Jesus's brokenness and then his coming back to life and his restoration too. All kinds of amazing images and pictures, uh, things to think about as we share communion together. So I've broken the bread. The bread we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. We're able to take and eat uh, this bread, remembering who Jesus is and remembering what he's done for us. And so we do it in thanks. We do it in gratefulness. We do it saying, we don't deserve it, but it's amazing, Lord Jesus, what you've done for each one of us to bring us back to you, to bring us into relationship with each other uh, and to help us to restore the world itself too. So now as we take this bread, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to remember your body broken for us and how your brokenness leads to our wholeness. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your body broken for us. Amen. And then the Bible tells us that he took the juice, the wine, the cup, uh, and he explained how it was his body that had been shed for us. It was his blood poured out on the cross the blood of the new covenant and so when we drink the juice we can again remember Jesus's brokenness for us but we can remember Jesus's restoration for us his resurrection for us his wholeness and completeness living in that perfect relation perfect unity with the father and with the spirit and how we can live in that perfect relationship with him and the Father and the Spirit. And how he sends the Spirit to fill each one of us. Oh, I could go on forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood. That allows us to know, to remember, to understand that our relationship with you is not based on anything we've done. But it's based on your love for us. We love because you first loved us. Lord Jesus, help us to know more of the reality of that in our lives. Help us to be able to take and to show that love to everyone that we meet. Help us to take shalom 
to reveal shalom, to introduce shalom into the lives of others, that they too can know it for themselves. Lord Jesus, I ask as we drink this juice now, that we would experience your spirit, we would experience your shalom in such a way that we can't help but go and talk about it and tell others about it. Let it be the reality of our lives because of the difference it makes. That's that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just have a moment's quiet so that we can reflect ourselves on what God's been saying to us this morning. So in the words of the Church of England prayer book, we can pray, send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. It's been great to be able to share with you again. Uh, please do send in prayer requests. Please do send in highlights, ways that God's been answering prayers or some things that have been happening in your life or the lives of people around you or situations around you. Use uh, the Facebook group or the YouTube group or wherever you are to write those messages on there so that we can be praying for you, so that we can be encouraged and excited by those same things as you are. Don't forget next Sunday, just join in in exactly the same way as normal. In one sense for you, it makes no difference. Uh, but remember that next Sunday is that joint service for all the churches across Taunton so that we can be one together as the name of the group suggests. Uh, so yeah, join in with that and then with the Zoom meeting after that. Uh, Zoom is on here. Uh, we'll be able to meet very soon as well uh, this morning. But next week we'll be open to everybody to try and uh, be together from all the different churches to spend that time in the service together, but also to spend that time praying together too. Please do join in with that if you can. It's really, really great that we can get the churches together and we can be God's body in Taunton in that way. So thank you for being with us this morning. It's been great to see you and to be with you and to join in with you in celebrating in the way that we have. We'll see you through the week on the various Facebook groups and things like that. Next Sunday is the special service that you'll be able to join in with. And then the Sunday after, we'll be back to normal again. We'll be on here uh, having the, our own service in this kind of way again. But you'll be able to see that on the Facebook feeds and things as they come through. OK, we'll see you all in whatever form sometime soon. Uh, grace and peace, everyone.